Hey, welcome back to the Hole in My Heart podcast. It's episode 34. How do we heal? Yes. How, how do we heal? How do we heal? Uh, yes, my name is Lori Creek. I'm here with my husband, Matt, as well as producer Steve. And for the first time in a while, we don't have a guest other than the Holy Spirit and you listening. So welcome. We're actually doing, I kept like trying to schedule guests for today and I like knew when I was scheduling, I'm like, I really think Matt and I need to do like a, how are we doing in our marriage update? But I was like, mm, nah. And then God's like, yep. So that's this podcast about healing and uh, how we're doing. Um, but before we get to that, hearty stuff that how's our marriage doing? We're going to talk about the question of the week from last week. And um, this has stirred many a good conversation in my personal life and on the internet, but um, gender, not roles necessarily, but gender ministry. So you think about like the siloed nature of churches, you got men's ministry and women's ministry. And then when I was talking with my friends, they're like, okay, then you have like young adults, you have about the 20 somethings in high school and then marrieds, which it's weird that Usually men's and women's ministries, it's like once you're married, then you go split off back into men's and women's ministry. It's like yeah. high school together, then you do 20 somethings and then you get married, but then you're like, yeah, no, I need to talk about my spouse. So we're <laughs> yeah, we can't do that in a lot. <laughs> so, okay. What do you guys think? What are some of the benefits of men's and women's ministry? And then we'll get into the drawbacks. Uh. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I just feel so um, nervous about, yeah. you know, making some kind of uh, generality. Generality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got a friend. Yeah. Who will say things like, well, women, they just need relationships. You know, they need relationship yeah. time. Yeah. yeah and he'll yeah. kind of throw back to, you know, back in the day. Yeah. You know, the girls would get together in the middle of the day when they were all, all the housewives and they needed that, you know, yeah. and now in our culture today, they just don't have that opportunity. So he's like, oh, he's trying to oh wow create like set up like some kind them. of play date for his wife, you know, and other <laughs> people's wives. Anyway, and girls who gab. I feel like those, those type of conversations, yeah. always, they just need to gab. I don't know. What right. That right. <laughs> Is this husband giving his wife the gift of gab? Mm, yeah, I what? think so. Is that a joke? Dad joke. Yes. Is that a joke? Well, there is a thing, the gift of gab. And the gift of gab meaning you're good to talk, like you can talk well. Oh, right. that's like, a thing. Yeah, um, Steve okay. yes. on the radio has the, the gift of gab. Okay. Actually, I don't, but yeah. <laughs> All right, well, some people on the radio have. Yeah. Right. Most people on the radio have the gift of gab, but it's usually not given to them by their spouse in the way that you're. Yeah, it's right. not like a, here, I give you this yes. gift. Are people named Gabby and Gabriel extra Gabby. Oh, oh <laughs> boy, that would be a nice radio team right there. Gabriel and Gabby. With the gift of Gab. Right, right. Anyway. <laughs> wow, we're doing tangent. great. And for men. Yes, just again, for men. Going with that same kind of like generality. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like this idea that like we need a place where we can just be ourselves. Like yeah. we can just let it all hang out. We don't have to be all. PC. buttoned up and proper yeah maybe yeah. yeah like that idea yeah yeah well okay i'll just say th this question came from the idea that i was going to a women's conference and leading it which i just need to say to all y'all in california who were there that was one of my favorite times speaking ever i had so much fun in this women's conference and i'll be honest 
as me, I don't love women's conferences. I don't love women's retreats usually because I often feel like the outsider because of those stereotypes are very celebrated because it feels like, woo, let's let our hair hang hang down. Let's Now we don't have to be like all prim and proper with the other gender. We can just do our gender stereotyping and... <laughs> I don't know. I just have like visions of lots of leopard print and things like that. And like for women and guys, it's like meat and guns and woo. Um, <laughs> and so I often feel as someone who's like doesn't feel very at home in there's those scenarios. I'm always just feel very other. I did not feel that at this women's conference. Um, a, because they just did a good job of like the whole conference was called Come As You Are. And it was women's conference in the church about sexuality. And it wasn't like, and here's our special victim guest speaker, Lori. It was like, here's Lori. She's going to talk about sexuality. And I just happened to talk about the LGBT conversation in this big picture of sexuality. I was trying to figure out, so I was walking in here today, why did I love it so much? And I think it's because I felt included. Like mm. I felt like one of the girls because it wasn't like I sorry, but I was like running the 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 meat of it. And so I felt like I I had a hand in how it was um I don't know how it was portrayed. So they did an awesome job of setting it up. I felt like I got to like just participate and and not feel like an outsider and then like we were all crying together, we we're all laughing together and I had so much fun. So that's where this started from was this idea of like, man, often I feel other. I did not feel other here. I felt included. Going to another piece of this conversation, again, with the benefits of the siloed nature of men's and women's ministry. When it's done well, like they did out at Morgan Hill, California, y'all are awesome. Um, I think it has the potential to foster greater intimacy in a good way. So like, I know that there's guys groups and women's groups who like, where it's like, if, if the gender stereotyping is removed, it can just be a place where you can come as you are and like feel more authentic. What do you think, Matt? Well, I, I think, well, a having been a person who was able to go to that conference with you and run your slides, <laughs> it was interesting because my, I've never been to a women's conference what? before. <laughs> um, surprise, surprise. But it was, it was something that I found myself even enjoying and not just your talks, but like the, the whole thing, like being able to like be a part of it. It wasn't the stereotypical, I mean, there were flowers and stuff on the, on the, yeah, on the, pretty, the yeah. programs, mm -hmm. but it, it wasn't just like this overtly like super feminine, like, mm -hmm. and that's the way it like we're quote unquote supposed to be. Yeah. And, and so I, I feel like there was a lot of space that was created for, for there to be like intimacy and openness and honesty Yeah. without all of a sudden having the, you must now look exactly like me in order to feel safe. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's one of the things that, that men's and women's conferences, the siloed part, like of, of church can do well sometimes is, is you don't have to worry about maybe offending someone mm -hmm. because there, there is innately a little bit more of a closer, like cultural experience. I don't even know if the, if the, the enemy is offense as much as like, there's an easier inroad because you can look at each other and be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Especially if you eliminate those gender stereotypes. So I don't even know if like the enemy is, oh, yay. Now we don't have to offend our, the male and, species. It's like, well, oh, there's a easier getting it. -ness. Yeah. There's, there's, mm. there's a already a bridge of understanding. There. Yeah. 
And so there's not as much explanation. And I feel like sometimes when it's, you know, mixed company that you can be so worried about being non-offensive or politically correct or making sure that everyone is included. Has has some understanding that mm-hmm. it doesn't allow you to really like lay out the grid of things. Mm-hmm. Now there's also times when, you know, especially stereotypically in men's groups, we we tend to not talk about much. Right. You know, as far as on a depth level. And so there there can be loss on on either side, but having that that similar cultural understanding, I feel like is is when done well, yes, a, a very good thing for people to just come and be like, this is where I am. And then everyone else is like, yeah, me too. I mm-hmm. get that. I understand that. Let's, let's link arms and, and just keep moving. I think we just have to watch. This was from another friend. Again, I just keep asking everyone I'm running into because I want to know their opinion. But another friend was like, well, what are we basing our, the silo on? Like, is it just women like to gab and I don't know, paint with doilies or I don't know. <laughs> What do we do? And guys like to eat meat and say woo and fart or something and don't go deep. Like, what's the basis on? And because this this retreat was based on, hey, we all need Jesus. There are some unique aspects to being male and female that like create this closeness. But it wasn't just and it wasn't like this, like, oh, whoo, we're away from the men now. Like that wasn't even there, which is super not kind nor Jesus like. It wasn't like this celebration of not mm-hmm. being with guys. It was like, how can we as women run toward Jesus together. But you could have almost taken like the same content and like essence of oneness that we were pursuing and put it in a men's conference. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. No, you like content wise, I don't feel like there was any difference from from what this women's conference did than what a men's conference could do. But there is still this idea that when it's a bunch of women in a room or a bunch of men in the room, they're the the audience or the people hearing it, the people who are responding to it are able to respond more freely. Yeah. You know, especially in, in a marriage. So, so if you're talking about like marital hardship in a a room full of women or, or, you know, or room full of men, and all of a sudden someone's like, I really resonate with that. Yet if their husband or wife is sitting right next to them, they may feel this like subtle urge to not resonate yeah. With, with maybe some of the pain that, that they have been experiencing. And that, that says more about the marriage than it does about, mm-hmm. you know, having mixed company. But but having there, – there, it just – hopefully the reason yeah. we do it is to create a sense of safety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it, it really can do that. Yeah. Not a sense of exclusion or we're, like, mad at the other XYZ in the world. But, like, it's like we, we want intimacy. We want this oneness as we – like, we want to be better so that when we re-enter – capital C church or our church, like we're, we're more whole and built up and equipped to go and love them. Not to be like, well, we need to go back to our social club. Like we need to go back and have our gift of gab with (laughs) with the other girls. But it's like, let's, let's, let's cultivate our own hearts, however you're wrestling or whatever. And, and let's go back to the church so that we can be one as the whole church, which that can't be negated. Like that whole idea of I don't know, how are we cultivating oneness as a whole church? Like, it's good to do these, like, small groups and whatever, marriages. Like, it's like quantity moving back into the whole. Like, it's it's good if we're all working on the sanctification in these different pots, and then we go back toward this oneness. So would you guys say that you're kind of finding, um, maybe it's not either or, but yeah. uh, there's, there's more value in doing kind of a special event, a once a year thing like yeah. what you were just a part of uh-huh. for women or maybe for men yeah. than having 
an ongoing, you know, your, our, our local church has men's ministry that does yeah. this and this, this every week and women's yeah. ministries, that does, you know, like if it was one or the other, would you kind of lean more toward the more special event or probably, I don't know. I'd have to think on that a little more. I, I would think you need both. Really? And it, it's really, cause there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a matter of, are you doing it well? Yeah. And um, well, like what are the well so, characteristics? So, it's a natural tendency for people to gravitate toward people in a similar, similar, for lack of a better term, I'm going to say class, you know, whether it's other people, your age, other people, your yeah. education level, your gender, we, we naturally gravitate toward people like us. Mm-hmm. And so, so having these places is you're, you're never going to get rid of it. Even if you don't have a men's ministry, you're probably going to go out in the hallway, you know, after the sermon's done and see a bunch, a group of men, standing together, a group of women together, and then some, you know, couples hanging out together. Like there are these natural tendencies to just congregate with people that you get. Now, the reason I say that is because you're you're going to have a men's ministry, whether or not it's this formal thing. So giving, giving, making a formal place where let's say a new person in the church is wanting to connect with other guys. Like it, it can be used as that connecting point. Like here, here's people you are like, in, in certain ways. Now, they might go in and feel like, oh, wow, I don't connect here. But but having the space, I feel like, is always a good thing. But then with that, you also have to make sure that throughout the week, you're not just becoming a silo. You're not, you're not just hanging out in your silo. You're not only serving in men's ministry or women's ministry or couples ministry. The, the harder part... Well, the harder part now seems to be how do we get these other these ministries to work together and talk? Mm. Okay, but this is a huge piece that we're not talking directly about. But what about LGBT people? Because, you know, there's all these like Billy Graham rules, which I love Billy Graham. And I love this like whole idea. We've probably talked about this a little bit, but like how, you know, guys and girls, you shouldn't talk. Because I asked a friend today, uh, I said, he's like, I could just go to these deep places with these other guys that I couldn't go with other girls. And I was like, is that a good thing? Like, is it because women are weak? Is it because you're like in the sense that we, sorry, we're not weak, but in the sense that we, maybe the group that he was thinking of, we aren't able to handle X, Y, Z issue in this guy's life. Like we need to be stronger to be able to be receive any sort of issue. Or is it, he's afraid of like this emotional connection that's going to lead to a sexual connection. If so, what about same sex attracted people? This is like where, again, I can feel like a minority of minority, like okay, what if I feel like a freak in women's ministry? And like, if I get, there's some women I know as they get emotionally close to other women, like they fall for them. Like, and again, there's can be issues in that, but I'm just saying like, it's hot. It makes it harder for LGBT people or someone who's wrestling with gender dysphoria and they're not, they're wrestling or they're transgender. Where do I belong? Would they ever, ever, ever go on a women's retreat? Would they ever, ever, ever see themselves in a women's conference or with the bros after the service or the, with mm. the women after the service? So that's like where I'm like, but. Hmm. Okay. But I, I, I will also say that like the, when we went to Orlando yes. and I was looking around and realizing very quickly, wow, I am one of two straight men here. Yeah. Like, and that was like what me and Preston. Yeah. And I, me and Preston didn't really hang out and, mm-hmm. and enforcing, not even enforcing myself in opening myself up to these, this group that I was mm-hmm. having like a, a realization that I'm in the minority. I'm not exactly, I don't, I don't have the same experience as them, mm-hmm. but yet we are all believers. Yeah. We're all 
you know, Christ followers. And, and that became the, the basis of our connection. Yeah. You know, and, and with the, with the people that we met there, I, I, I really feel like I, there was a lot that was gained even though I didn't have that direct inroad. But what's the silo you're describing? Is that the LGBT silo? That I mean, it could be. And so what I'm saying is just because you, just because you might walk into a women's ministry and not have this immediate like, oh, these people are all like me, doesn't yeah. mean okay. that you can't find people within that ministry who, who also love Jesus. Yeah, and yeah. may even wrestle like I do or understand brokenness like i experienced this last week at the women's conference i by the end of it we all were like oh wow we're all sexually broken oh wow we're all loved by god why do we keep putting each other down why are we not all linking arms and running to jesus no matter what which that's which that's ultimately the question you would have to ask is are you doing men's or women's ministry just just to do men's or women's ministry because it's a cultural thing or or is it really to create spaces for people to run after God together. Because like empowered, strong, mission-inspired yeah, like mm-hmm. people. Well, yeah. and, and this is something you'd have to do, not just with, okay. I mean, with any church ministry. Is the goal of your church ministry to create disciples? Yeah. If that's something that is, if that's happening, if that's true, it doesn't matter if you are, you know, gay, straight, male, female, anything, you have a place you know, and, yeah. and it might not, and it might not mean that you connect incredibly well with the men's ministry or the women's ministry, but if your church is running after that, you will find a place. Mm. And so it's not bad to have these individual places as long is, as the church yeah. itself, church-wide and has each, yep. a community where people can, can establish closeness. Okay. And what's occurring to me, and I know this is like the longest question of the week discussion that we've ever had. Uh, Oh, this wasn't the heart of the matter? No. You you would think so. We haven't even goofballed. Uh, uh, This is so, such good stuff. And, um, you know, I feel like, okay, if if you are a church leader who's organizing this stuff, you basically want to provide as as many uh, avenues for the Holy Spirit to lead people into mm-hmm. community and and trusting that He is the one who's moving that you know yeah. it's not our it's not our marketing or our you totally. know whatever and as that individual who feels like and I have been there with the men's ministry opportunities mm-hmm. feeling like I do not relate to those guys That's why I love you I'm guys. not into sports yep. I'm not you know like yep. um, I won't hold that against you I know well, I thank you but thank you feel you. like that too you really but to I have felt othering. like an outsider yes. yeah. and where there's these opportunities. And my knee jerk is no. Yeah. Um, my wife yeah. has challenged that um, mm. in the most beautiful ways to, to just go. I mean, it's totally between you and God. But have you asked him? Like, wow. you know, it sounds like you're just kind of making that decision without really consulting him, you mm-hmm. know, and it has been times where I have been like and I felt like he has said, yeah, step outside the, you know, fear of risk or the comfort zone or whatever and go there. And it has been, you know, huge mm-hmm. in, in my life, ministering to me, helping me grow, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's not necessarily because those guys were a, a carbon copy of me, totally, but because God was there. Awesome. You know, this is a good question and I'm sure we'll keep coming back here. I love it. Okay. But let's get, let's get silly, <laughs> which again, I loved about the retreat or the conferences last weekend is I feel like we laughed almost as much as we cried. And that just made me really happy to just laugh so hard and be like, okay, Jesus is awesome. <laughs> okay. So goofball Island. This is a weird one, guys. We're going to take, have we taken a snowmobile? I think we have. We have. Dog sled. 
Haven't done Something dog cold. sled. cold. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a dog sled to Goofball Island. Mars! You get frostbit that away. Why did we do that? Because it's winter still in Michigan in April. We got back from California where it's 78 degrees and mm. sunny. And then we come back here and I'm like, what is this white stuff doing on the ground in toward the end of mm. April? Are you kidding me? So I'm going to do what I'm calling mom joke about why it's so cold. So I'm going <laughs> to say it was so cold. And you guys would say, how cold was oh, it, okay. Lori? How All cold right. was it? And the first, okay, this is how it's going to do. I'm going to do a joke yep. that the guys have not heard me say or have read. And the first one of them to laugh loses. Although I hope they actually do laugh because otherwise I'm just, just pathetic. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to do these jokes for as long as I can handle the awkward silence. Mm. Ready, guys? Okay. It's going to be yes. delightful yes. podcasting minutes. It was so cold. How cold was it? The squirrels in the park were throwing themselves at an electric fence. <laughs> okay, it was so cold. How cold was it? The dogs were wearing cats. <laughs> okay, I got this from a website. I don't even understand I didn't that, get one. that one. I don't and know. I got to be honest, when you were, started with the squirrel one, I thought there was going to be something about nuts. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> I did there too. Was, so I took out all the inappropriate oh, okay, okay. ones, except the last one's a little inappropriate. Okay, I'm going to post where I got these questions because it's a terrible site and I just laughed because they were terrible jokes. So more okay. to come. Ready, guys? Ready? Yep, more yep, to come. Yep. Okay. It was so cold. How, How cold, cold was, was it? it? We had to chop up the piano for firewood, but we only got two chords. Because, like, chord of wood. <laughs> that was pretty good. You guys, I saw half smiles. Good yep, for me. Yep. It was so cold. How cold, How was, cold it? was it? My mail broke when I tried to pry open the envelope. <laughs> what? <laughs> are so dumb. I'm... <laughs> Matt's laughing. I mean, so are you. Matt laughs first. Okay, we'll are try you again. laughing at her laughing? Though? I'm okay. laughing at her laughing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. so dumb. That's what I thought. Okay, sorry. It was so cold. How cold, How cold was, was it? it? We didn't clean the house. We just defrosted it. Okay. Okay, right? Yeah. Okay, we got right. still three more. Three more. <laughs> oh, wow. Well. I, have, I have just lost, though. Yeah, so th okay. This, well, is you, just... this is just bonus right, round for right. my winning yeah. okay. jokes. Well, now I can laugh. Yeah, you can yes. laugh. Okay, it was so cold. How cold, How cold was, was it? it? When I needed local anesthesia, the dentist told me to stick my head outside. <laughs> it's so dumb. Okay, that, that is... <laughs> okay yeah. it was so cold. How, How cold, cold was, was it? it? You needed defrosters just to have a good cry. Two of them? Defro yeah, do for, for each eye. eye. <laughs> <laughs> See, so That's good. Last one. Uh, oh, okay. It was so cold. How, How cold, cold was, was it? it? If you peed your pants, you'd either have to have them chiseled off or be stuck in them till spring. <laughs> it's like second grader wrote all yeah. these. I think our three year old. Oh boy. All right. I'm still oh laughing. boy. All right. Wasn't that fun? Yes. Yeah. Great delight. Good times. Of hey, radio. I've, I've got a joke for you. What? Oh. It's related to cold, I think. Okay. Okay. How do Norwegian people stay fiscally accountable? Hmm. How cold was it? Oh, wait, sorry. No. <laughs> I don't know. Tell, tell they us. They make sure they can afford it. <laughs> the fjords, yeah. are, fjords are in Norway. Yes. That's so really good. So, true story, oh, bro. Boy. During, our, during our, one of our home dates, 
Matt and I just stared at the TV when it was doing the screensaver of um, like all the pretty chill pictures. out places. We're like, wow, this is really relaxing for like 20 minutes. And there was a fjord on it. And then we started laughing and came up with that joke. Wow. That's a Craig original. Well done. Thank Boom. you. That is really good. So Thank you. I had some. Oh, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, I've got mine. a joke for you. What? Global warming. <laughs> There's my joke with this weather, right? Am, Am I right? right? Oh, yeah, yeah, boy. lots of ribbit, like elbows and exactly. ribs. Exactly. Huh? Yes. Huh? Wow. We okay. are doing a good job. I'll just edit all of that out. Yeah. No, it's funny. <laughs> Keep we, it all. Can we do a new goofball island? No. No. <laughs> do it twice. Let's dog sled oh, it. There and there and there. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Now we're going to get to the heart of the matter. I feel like this needs music at some point. Like just yeah. turning our hearts to Jesus. Sorry. Don't there it is. No, we're going to auto-tune that thing. <laughs> All right. We are getting to the heart of the matter. And someday we'll have a song, a little ditty mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Maybe not today. Uh, but we're talking about healing and how Matt and I are doing. And again, I don't want to talk about this, which probably means God wants us to. And I already felt I was supposed to. So here we are. So... The legend of the podcast is always, have you heard episode 24? And that was the one where we got real gritty about how hard our marriage has been the last year and a half. And so it's been a few months since then. Mm -hmm. Um, And I blogged about uh, just an experience, several experiences I've had with God to just heal um, some of that painful memory of my past. So for those of you who didn't listen, when our second daughter was born, um, just a fourth memory of assault popped up. And I like couldn't be around Matt without getting triggered by his just being a guy. Even though he wasn't my perpetrator, I was getting triggered. And so I was in a lot of pain. And over the last year and a half, we just saw how much this just cost us a lot. It was really hard to be close in many ways, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And um, just I, I like ran out of tools in my toolbox. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like when you're like, I know how to handle hard stuff. And you're like, wow, nothing working. Mm-hmm. And um, I I went through some times of like where God, I went back to the memory, like after getting strong in what I call my adult brain, my counselor helped me work through that um, and just experience some connection to God. But like, we're not all better. And so I just wanted to, because I talk about like, wow, like I'm healed. I say that in that blog. And even this weekend when we were speaking at the church for a few times, um, It was just like this whole idea of healing when it comes to our sexuality. And I just was struck with like, what does God heal when it comes to our sexuality? Because he doesn't heal struggle, like temptation. And I just was thinking how we surrender our temptations. We pursue healing with our wounds, but we confess when we have actually sinned without shame. And so Jesus doesn't heal sin. He he forgives sin. And so when I think about like my attractions, like he didn't heal those. He's not going to heal those. Those are something I, I surrender. Can he make them like easier of a burden to bear? Totally. But that's not something I've gotten healed. But he has healed a lot. This area of like just pain, this memory, this wounding. And I'll link something for you all just that that blog post. But Matt, I just would be curious, like, how has it been for you? Like, what is, it seems like we're getting better, like, than we were like a year and a half ago, or almost two, it'll be two years in July since it was got really difficult. Like, what would you say is contributing to our healing? And like, I don't know, how, how are we, how are we doing? Let's just record it and tell everyone about it. Well, I, I think one of the things that's been really helpful is, has been kind of this mutual 
I guess, theological even pursuit that we've been doing. Yeah. Because um, I know it started for me, you know, a year and a few months ago, really, the beginning of 2017, when I, I felt like, okay, this is a place, like, in this season, I'm not allowed to, like, I'm not allowed to demand sex. I'm not allowed to, and, and really not even knowing how to pursue it without, and not even just sex, but even like physical closeness at all. Yeah. You know, and, and it was so difficult that there were times you'd like walk in the room and I just would like cringe and like, just like leave or detach. You were like in fight or flight mode immediately. And, and so like having this time of like, okay, I have no idea how to even like pursue relationship, let alone like sex. Yeah. And, and so then really, really having to go to God and like, even ask the question, what do I believe about sex? What are, what are my, if for lack of a better term, rights as a husband mm. and, and is sex included in that? And, and really coming back with this idea that the answer is no, like sex is not included as a husbandly right. Now it's something that when used well can be a very God honoring thing and very, um, good for even, even building up the emotional and, and physical and spiritual intimacy in a relationship. But but it was something that I had to surrender to him. Um, and, and so that process really started for me at the beginning of the last year. And and I think actually being able to be open, episode 24. Yeah. And and even before that, being open like with our small group about, yeah. about that and really feeling like I wasn't just walking through on my own mm. was, was really helpful for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things that's been really hopeful has been your kind of recent journey where you've been starting almost from the other end of the spectrum. Absolutely. Other end know, of the spectrum. But, but really asking the same question, like, God, what is, what is sex for? Yeah. I realized recently, and um, I've shared this with some people, is <laughs> we got to a point where I just was like, I can point to sexual brokenness over and over and over. You look in our world and it is so messed up. It's so easy to point with what's wrong with sex and sexuality. I cannot point to what's right. To the point where I remember it was a night or morning or something where I was like, I think when God made us sexual beings, I think he created us wrongly. And I heard clear as a bell from the Holy Spirit, like, Lori, did I create something bad? Or did the enemy take something good and flip it upside down? And I, and then you said that right after, like, Lori, is it something you said it? Like, it was like verbatim what I just heard the spirit whisper to me, which was kind of confirmation of like, is it something wrong or is it that the enemy took something good and and flipped it upside down? And you're like, this is a journey of the soul that you need to go on. And, and I, because I kept interviewing people, I'd interview my friends I'd interview mentors and I'd be like, Tell me that this is good, like for both of you. I didn't want to just hear it from the guy. I didn't want to just hear it from the woman. I like because I'd always just see whenever he talked about sexuality, it was like flashes of pain in their eyes and like, oh, like just so much brokenness. And then um, I love how there's just some quotes, like just reading like theology, theology of the body for beginners. This book and and how the author there he's like, if we want to see what is God's beautiful metaphor. We need to see what the enemy attacks the most. And man, that is sexuality. And so I think mm-hmm. it's so broken and so used to like devastate and damage people. Like I've mentioned this before about child sex trafficking. I don't know if you can get any worse than that. Like that, and it's using something so beautiful as an image, a metaphor, and just scumming it up. I mean, we could all weep about how horrible mm-hmm. that is. Um, 
but just thinking about, okay, so I started doing as you're doing this, God, what's sex about? I'm doing God, what's sex about? And it's, I started reading Ephesians five and like, I loved how it's like, oh my word, this is a metaphor of God, Christ in the church. So when I love Matt, I am loving God. And like, when you're loving me, like you're loving God, like it's this worshipful experience. But then I'm always like, you hear me even in our question of the week, like, okay, what about LGBT people? What about single people? What's good for us has to be good for them. They don't have a less than life. So even though they may not have sex, uh, they mm-hmm. can have this intimacy. They can have this this physical surrender to the church. They can have this oneness with Christ because that's like I just my bleeding heart. I'm like, no, no, no. We don't get this ultimate relationship, quote unquote. We don't get this ultimate connection, and they don't. They get left in the dust. Like, how are we all one? And so just seeing this really was like reading good books, but then just studying Ephesians 5, like the marriage chapter that I always skipped over because mm-hmm. it just drove me nuts. It felt like gender stereotyping, but to be like, okay, this is a metaphor of all of our submission to Christ really rocked me. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some other practical things too. but Yeah, well, and even even as you're saying that and going back to our, you know, question of the week yeah. conversation, like that, that connection being the spiritual one. Yes. You know, and... It's if your if your chief connection in any relationship is sexuality or sex, it, it it will it will fade. Yeah. You know, whereas in a men's or women's ministry, if your chief connection with a person is being a man or being a woman, so what? Like it it will it'll fade. It won't it won't really edify you. It won't really strengthen you. Yeah. You know, and, and so that in the same way, like the the connecting point has to be like this well when it comes to marriage and sex like has to be this enacting of this spiritual metaphor see but the problem for me was is i knew we got married not for me it wasn't this erotic like hormone driven sexual desire that Mm -hmm. was not there in the beginning so then all so what i had rested my laurels on in some ways and maybe made an idol of was this friendship with you like Mm -hmm. okay well at least if we can have this friendship then that can lead to sexual intimacy Nope, gone. That was taken away. And what was left was this patched together, barely tolerant of each other marriage. And then God, and I just thank you, Jesus, I started running after you. And again, this is the part probably I really, really don't want to share, but probably should share is when I went on that silent retreat, which again, I blogged Mm -hmm. about that too. But that's like where someone had asked me, Lori, what do you want? And, um, that was, I think the inference was, Lori, you want Matt, like you love him. And I was like, do I? Like, is it really? So if it's what I want, if this whole marriage thing is me deciding what I want, what do I want? And so I went on the silent retreat with this question of like, hmm. And I asked God, I said, God, I need a wake up call. I need you to do radically show me something different about marriage because it it was kind of like the 10 years ago thing where I just was Mm -hmm. like, is this real or not? This faith thing. I am so tired of getting fed the party line. I want to know it's real. And so it's kind of this marriage thing. Okay. What do I want? Do I get to choose? And that was like, again, I'll post this too, but I was really wrestling with, do I want to stay with Matt? And it was Mm -hmm. like three hours of back and forth. You could, I could read it. And I had you read it like this back at Matt, you uh, back and forth with God. And I just was like, in my flesh, I don't want to stay. But then I just heard God just say, like, Lori, he just reminded me of the book of Jude. Like in the end times, there will be those who 
follow essentially their sinful desires mm-hmm. and they, it, it, because they're natural desires, he says, because they do not have the spirit of God in them. I was like, oh, snap. If I follow God, if I do this, am I going to not have a spirit of God in me? And then it was like, really more than that, it's like, do I want God or not? If I follow what I want, I'm going to lose God. And I was like, what? Okay, it's still sassy me in this argument. And I was like, what's God give me? What's the spirit give me? And I was like, it was like, whoa. And I um, was like, comfort, hope, peace, purpose, all those core needs we talk about, that's what the spirit gives you. And then I was like, well, what if I didn't have that? And I like gasped and I experienced for maybe one second what it would feel like to not have God. And it felt, only thing I can say is terrifying. I felt terrified and it's probably as close to hell as I hope I ever get. And I was like, no, like I want you, God. And even though in that moment, like I was like, this isn't what I naturally desire. It was like, I want you, God. And because I want you, I do want Matt. And like I drove home like early the next morning in the middle of a blizzard because of course it's blizzarding. And I just was like, God, what do you, this is still me, again, self-centered me. But I was like, God, what are you going to give me if I follow you? He's like, you will have more of my spirit. You're going to have more of a sense of my spirit. And I've seen that Mm -hmm. to be true in those five or six months since then. Again, it's months, but this Mm -hmm. is, even though, and I like went home and I like apologized, even though it was a few hours, I wasn't like planning anything before I even went on the silent retreat. It was just me and God where I just wrestled. What am I going to do, God? I had nothing. There's no secret, anything. It was just me before a holy God. And I fell on my knees. I remember that night and I was like, Matt, I'm, I am all in. I feel like for the first time in a long time, I am all in. And since then, it's felt like after you came out with your pornography addiction, where you had to do this, like proving to me that you were all in, mm-hmm. I had, to, I'm like, I've been doing this. I, I don't know. I've been showing myself like, not cause I have to, but because I so, I, I don't know. It's like, I love God. And so why would I not want to love this person who God wants me to be one with? And it's like, my heart's following my obedience and like wanting to be like, I feel like I'm more present with my kids than I ever have been, even though I'm busier. I feel like Mm -hmm. I so love this family that God has used to show the gospel. And then like the Fran Chan book has so powerfully come at such a good time of like, not the gender stereotyping, but on mission. So that Mm -hmm. has helped We've bonded a lot over Los Chips, which, sorry, that's, we don't know how to say chips in Spanish, but these are really good. They're these delicious chips that we get. And they're local from Meyer. We're going to get you hooked. We're going to bring you back next week. Oh my word. They're chili lime. Everyone that we introduced, we brought them to California to our friends. They're like spicy, but oh my word, you can't stop eating them. But those practical, those fun pieces, having people be speak into our lives. But I don't know, Matt, what's been your reaction or how have you felt since that switch for me? Well, I mean, it, it has been different because for, for so long and I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like all of a sudden you started like jumping me and pursuing me physically or anything, but for so long and I didn't even realize it until, you know, a few months ago, it, it felt like your life was busy because, and it almost felt like it was because you just didn't want to be around. I probably was busying myself and, to and, avoid, you know, and so then after that, it was like this switch of you're still busy, but you know, in those moments when, when you could come home early yeah, or when you could like 
you know, you you have a meeting at 11, but rather than going in at like eight in the morning, you, you hang out and like have breakfast or something like mm-hmm. it's, it has been like, there's, you're, you're more present and you're more, I guess, pursuant of, of family. Yeah. Um, which, which has been really helpful because that's been a, a place of, you know, wounding in, in our relationship on, for, for me. Yeah. Where um, you went to like pornography detachment. I went to like, even before this wrestling, I just was like, I didn't want to be around you. I was mm-hmm. scared. Like I was freaking out. And so to be, to run, I just went to work or I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, I, I guess it's been a process of really seeing like, okay, you say you're all in and, yeah. and I have seen that, okay, you're, you're taking the time and rather than just saying, oh, I have time, but uh, I can hang out at the office or I can yeah. go into a coffee shop or I can do whatever. Like, like I have seen you coming home or, or, or engaging yeah. more just with the family because, you know, for me, it's like the reason I work is most often for the family. Mm-hmm. And, and so often it felt like, you know, to me, it was like the reason you work was to get away from the family and, oh, that hurts. and, it's and, it's, and but it, but it is like something that I have seen start to change. And, and so that, that gives me hope because, well, I mean, your family loves you. And I freaking and, love you guys. I'm, it's felt like pieces are falling into place. Again, it's not a healing of my attractions or any of that. It's like that's I'm still surrendering, the temptation I'm surrendering. God is just healing, I think, wounding. That's mm-hmm. what he heals. He forgives sin. He we surrender temptation, but it's yeah, he's been healing this place. So this has been a delightful and long conversation. Um, but not delightful. What was that word? It's been this is hard. But it's real. And I just, I don't know, again, to you couples out there who can relate, and I've talked with several of you, many of you. And so just, we're still working. As I said at the conference this weekend, we are working on our metaphor and we Mm -hmm. will be until heaven. Our marriage metaphor we're working on. And we're not only working on it with each other, we're working on it with our single friends and the -hmm. the church so that we look more like Jesus. And um yeah, let's just, let's stop judging ourselves for our in-process metaphor. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. I just want to jump in. Please, Steve. Uh, because again, thank you. It's like yeah. an honor to just have this, this front row seat. Yeah. Um, and so like our listeners, I just want to thank you for yeah. your courage and uh, your vulnerability and your authenticity. Yeah. There is, um, a, I, I was going to say two things, but it's really one thing that really struck me in your talk that I appreciated. And that was your attentiveness and your, I guess, validation of Mm. the spiritual world. Yes. Um, You talked of an enemy. Yeah. And, you know, I just feel like when we're sort of blindsided by the trials and tribulations of life, it's because we forget we're at war Yes, and we've got an enemy who really doesn't mess around, Mm. but also that uh, Lori, especially just you wrestled with the father and ended up coming to realize um, that you really want what he wants. You yeah. want him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you will follow him. Yes. This, uh, you know, this Holy Spirit in your yes. life and this spiritual reality, which is bigger than the two of you. And I love yeah. that you just refer to what you're doing here as your metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because it is a metaphor that for that bigger spiritual reality. So yes. thank you for opening our eyes to that. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for that thank feedback. You. That's nice to have. Mm. Again, as 
our board director says, human mirrors in our life to like reflect like, hey, this is what I'm hearing. Keep going, soldier. So I receive that. We receive that. And thank you. And again, every time we're vulnerable, if you guys want us, any, any cup of cold water you want to yeah. throw our way like that is such a gift. But really, just we want to throw it back on you, the love that we are getting ongoingly from God. We want to just pour it back. So next week, we are having uh, Preston Sprinkle on the show. Um, Dr. Preston Sprinkle, really excited. And so question of the week is, what questions do y'all have for him? What about sexuality or gender? Or he talks a lot about hell or about... Um, Home church. Home church. Yeah, he does <laughs> talk about that. And nonviolence. So what questions? Let's do stump the chimp. No, he's not jumped. I love Preston so much. So he's going to be on here. So what questions do you have for him? Um, so thank you so much. We love you listeners so much. Whenever I meet like regular podcast listeners, I'm like, ooh, you my people. Because you're both like goofy, but also deep. So we like you. Uh, so thanks so much for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks again for listening to today's episode. We hope that it was really a reminder that the gospel really is good news for everybody every day. You know, there's a variety of places where people can listen to this podcast. There's the TuneIn app, uh, there's Google Play, and there's Apple Podcasts, where if you subscribe because you don't want to miss an episode, we hope you'll also leave a review. Uh, that really helps us reach a lot more people. And if you're looking for counseling services, uh, you can visit Matt's website, caringwell.org. And of course, you can follow Lori at himhministries.com. We'll see you next week. You know, Ooh, yeah. there, there was a song actually called Heart of the Matter. What? Trying to get back. Oh, yeah. To, to the, the heart, heart of the matter. matter. But my Who will was that? Is Who was that? I don't know. Yeah. My it's, thoughts um, seems kind of, but I think it's about. Yeah, yeah. Forg- is it forgiveness? Oh, wait. Was it? It wasn't Don Henley. Don Henley. It is Don Henley. Good job. I don't even know. He's a former eagle. Yeah. And he also, the song that was made popular again by the Ataris, the Boys of Summer. It was yes. originally a Don Henley song. Wow, this is great. I think we'll probably edit all this out. Okay. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>